You're listening to Snow Life, a National Post podcast featuring true tales of the Canadian winter. I'm Monica Rosecca. This week, we're taking a deep dive into winter etiquette, picking away at the problems that many Canadians and cities have to deal with once the weather gets cold. We're looking at the good and bad, well, mostly bad, behavior of city dwellers during the season. We've got a slightly gross story about the problem of dog poop in parks. And later in the show, we'll also share a pretty heartwarming story that I'll only hint at with two words, Snow Santa. For now though, we're going to go straight to the bad behavior with a runner's lament about ice on city sidewalks. My name is Ben Kaplan, and I'm the general manager of I Run Magazine, which is a Canadian running magazine, and I probably run right now, I'm like in like a peak running zone. I picked winter, unfortunately, to be my peak running zone, so I probably go five, almost even six times a week in a good week uh, training for the Boston Marathon. My route in the wintertime doesn't really change. I just sometimes I do it a little bit slower if, uh, you know, if there's ice, you got to be careful if there's ice out there. Ice is actually worse than snow. Snow can be kind of like... Uh, uplifting for your soul you know it's beautiful to be out there in the snow and you're running and it's glorious but you know you could be on that runner's high and then hit some black ice and then fall on your bum and then you're just you're out for the season so you got to be that's the bit you got to watch out for there's a lot of people that don't shovel their snow and they don't de-ice their sidewalks and they don't do this and that and it's it's kind of like a shocker for a lot of different reasons because it's not just the runners that use the sidewalks and things but there's kids especially in my neighborhood in my neighborhood there's like this condo and I know there's always like, you know, it's easy to hate on people in the condos, but man, these people in the condos, they just got this brand new condo and there's like this area, there's like on a curve and like the kids and it's like, they don't ice it. And it's like, you know, I got a four-year-old and I'm trying not to give him up. He's to school. I'm trying to get him to walk himself. And it's just like, dude, you've got your whole spot. You've made it into like a slip and slide and it's like, it's a hazard. And I know there's been some heat in the neighborhood about, uh, you know, getting them to stop that. It doesn't, and these are these tiny patches of land. So it's not like for you to work that out only takes you, I mean, it's a 10 minute job, but uh, the negligence rampant. When you're running and you hit a patch of ice, it's very dangerous. You know, the other thing you got to think about is it's not just recreational runners out there running on the sidewalks, but even the Canadian Olympians basically do the same kind of running as like some mom doing a half marathon, you know, uh, there's not a lot of money in the sport. So people outside running on the sidewalks could be the people representing our country in the next Olympics. And if you, you, they hit an icy path and slip and fall and break a tailbone or something like that, like, you know, you're hurting, uh, you're hurting our country's chances of hitting the podium. So, uh, you know, when you're running like that and you go to an area, it's just such a, it, it's so avoidable that it's just sort of this, uh, and, you know, it's an entitlement. You know, it really speaks poorly to your courtesy for your fellow man. And it's dangerous and uh, and it's obnoxious. And if you don't do it, and there's frozen dog poo and dog poo under ice. And it's just, it's slippery for the kids and it's gross and it's dangerous. I mean, the only thing I'd want to say to the people that don't take care of their walkways in the winter, it's like, you know, you could slip on that too. So if you don't want to do it for the postman and you don't want to do it for me and fellow runners, do it for yourself. Do it for your mom. What if your mom comes to visit you and she slips and breaks a hip? Or, you know, what if your uh, your kid has a play date and some little four-year-old comes over and a little four-year-old breaks his arm? Why do you want to, why do you want to hurt other people? It's not nice. It takes two minutes. I could slip and fall. I'm training for the Boston Marathon. You know how expensive it is to go run the Boston Marathon? I don't get that money back. So if I slip on your ice, are you going to give me a check for a grand? No? Clean your sidewalk. Don't be a jerk.
Once a week, I walk my friend's dog, a very polite husky named Revy, for two tall cans of beer. It's not just the cold weather that makes dog walking in winter unpleasant, it's also the crazy amounts of poop. There is so much poop in public parks in Toronto right now. Do dog walkers think that no one's going to notice? Or that the snow will cover up all of these little sins? To get to the bottom of this, I wanted to talk to someone who spends more time in parks than I do with my uh, once-a-week walk with Revy. So I met with Jen Spinner in a Toronto park where she walks her toy poodle named Abby. Nice to meet Hi, you. Nice to meet you. And this Abby. is Abby. Hi. Want to retreat? Oh, sure. Oh. The city was in the middle of a thaw, and it was really wet and misty. The paths really crunched with salt, but the ground was soggy, and I was a little worried about what I couldn't see. Jen has also noticed the uptick in dog poop in parks. It's brutal. Poop is like unsanitary. A kid could get ill from it, right? So I think the park is like a public space that I really appreciate. So with our morning walks, like it's, it's something that I get a lot out of. So yeah, and it just kind of feels myopic. In the wintertime, if you know it's going to be covered up by snow, it's still going to be there <laughs> when the snow thaws. That, I think that's part of what makes me upset about it, is that people are treating the park like it's their backyard, but it's not. She says her position has evolved after years of bringing Abby to the park. I can remember actually when I first got her, we were out somewhere in the middle of this field, and it was summertime, there was lots of people around. And there was just some other dog that was off leash and came running out. And then <laughs> he ran into the middle of the field, pooped, and then ran back to his owners. And his owners were somewhere, like they didn't see him. And this group of young kids were just like, are you gonna pick up after that your dog? And I was like, oh, that's not my dog. Like, but it's everybody's park. Don't you think you should pick it up? And I was just like, um, I, I guess. Like it was because I had first gotten her, I thought in my mind, I was like, well, that's not my dog. I'm not gonna pick it up. So they made a big like show about coming over and being like, well, can, can I have one of your poop bags? And I was like, okay. So they picked up the dog's poop and they were very much like, this is the right thing to do. And I was just like, okay. But now that I've had her for longer, I feel differently about picking up other dogs' poop. Like, if I'm picking up hers, and then I see another one that's within, I don't know, a meter, I'll pick it up. I'm down there anyway, I have a poop bag, it's not a big deal. Yeah, so I do that, and then I feel better about like being annoyed that there's dog poop everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm doing something about it rather than just complaining. I ask her why she thinks this happens every winter. I think it's just like an accountability thing. People who use the park last in the winter. So in the summer, the park is so busy. Practically any time of day, you could be out here and there's somebody out here. Like there's multiple, like there's crowds of people at different times, right? So if you didn't pick up after your dog, someone would probably call you on it. I have my own theories. Mostly, I think it's kind of a critical mass issue that once enough people start doing it, more people suddenly don't care and don't pick up after their dogs. Jen wasn't so sure, so I turned to an expert. Michael Bond specializes in social behavior and wrote a book called The Power of Others, Peer Pressure, Groupthink, and How the People Around Us Shape Everything We Do. Here's what he said in an email to the National Post. Not being an expert on either Canada or dog stuff, my guess would be that leaving dog mess as it lies in winters has become something of a social norm in those cities. Once you realize other people are doing it, it's a lot easier to do yourself, especially if you think it's totally reasonable behavior, i.e. it's way too cold to hang around picking this up, I could freeze to death out here. 
I don't think it would be a tipping point, more just an understanding that when the freeze hits, this is what dog owners do, full permission. Steep fines are a lot less effective at shifting behaviors than social norms and the approval of your peers. So it sounds like shame kind of works, and that those slightly nosy kids who asked Jen for a poop bag may have been onto something. Maybe how you treat your space and public spaces in winter is a kind of window into your inner self. Joe O'Connor certainly got to know what his neighbor was really like this winter. Here he is doing a little winter etiquette investigation of his own. It was a Friday. I was on deadline for the post, and I had a newborn, and I wasn't sleeping, and the snow was piling up in massive heaps on our sidewalk in West End, Toronto. And I was thinking, I don't have the time or strength to shovel this stuff off. And there he was, an elderly man with a broad chest and a big white beard, coming up the street with a snowblower, clearing everyone's walk. He looked like Santa. Santa's real name, I would later learn, was Keith Gibb. And I met him recently at his house. All right, good to see you, Keith. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, cool out there. Not so bad. Take a seat around here. Keith is 83 years old. He has a wife named Barbara and a dog named Button. I asked him why, on snowy days, he took it upon himself to clear not only his walk, but his neighbors. I don't spend a whole lot of time thinking about will or I won't. I just go ahead. That's... And my dad, uh, God rest his soul, always accused me of being a farm kid, so that's what, we, that's what farm kids do. Keith's route is about a block long in total and covers about 30 houses, plus some driveways. And I only did one side the first couple of times. And then uh, there was an Italian lady about halfway up from here to Annette on the other side. Any time I was doing this side, I'd look over and she'd be struggling doing the little bit of hers on her, and her walkway. The next time it had to be out, I just went down, up one side and down the other. It was four trips and done it. Keith is mindful of his neighbor's schedules. He'll make sure to get the sidewalk done before the kids go to school. And sometimes he'll even sit on his porch in wintry weather, watching and waving at the people who trudge down the sidewalk he's cleared for them. I'm an early riser, about seven I'd be up and I think probably I'd get about half done and there was a coffee hauler, it's coffee ready and maybe when I come in I'd have a bit of breakfast and then go back out and finish it off, there was no time frame. It's not just me who appreciates what Keith does. Other people on the street have noticed. I don't think they'd want to stop you when you're motoring along with that thing and blowing snow out, but uh, I have, have, have had people say, um, Thanks for, uh, in, in midsummer, thanks for cleaning the snow last year or last winter or whatever. Keith had a bad fall in the summer, fracturing his left hip. And I've learned to dance with these things almost, these crutches. <laughs> so, um, but I'm frightened that I'll make a mismove, and if I go down, I might do more damage. So. I stick to these things pretty close. Other neighbors are now helping him. We get up one morning and Barb looked out the window and here's Tom on the, doing our driveway. He had bought a snowblower, so now he snowblows my driveway while I'm sucked up with this. 
I never told him about this hip thing, but I guess he noticed that um, I wasn't doing the driveway. Keith hates sitting still. He's a handy guy. He's already planning of ways to get back into action. I talked to the doctor yesterday and told him about, you know, I'm feeling a little bit uh, tied up here and not being able to do things. And he said, you know, you can replace the handles on your snowblower for the crutches. And that's all I need. I could actually run the snowblower if I was using the snowblower and the arms of it for support to walk. I'm going to actually going to try it. The thing about Keith with the snowblower, with the helping out, is that it's not about him being a good Samaritan. I don't think I've ever looked at it as helping other people. I just, maybe a quicker thing would be something to do. Like, I, I don't like sitting around. This, that part of this broken hip thing, I try not to think about it because uh, I'm usually quite active. And if there isn't something to do, I'll make something to do. Like, I just go out and start something. That's it. It's just my nature. And, and it's always been that way. It's always been that way. If somebody else doesn't think about it, I'll say to hell with it, let's do it. And that's it. That's it for this episode. Join us next week when we take on some of the issues of winter wellness. Snow Life is produced by me, Monica Rozeka. Sound work, show theme, and logo by Bryce Hall. Technical support by John Richardson. If you have any winter stories to share, reach out to us on Twitter or Facebook. You can subscribe to Snow Life on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. Be sure to let us know what you think by leaving us a review. Thanks for listening.